Election Recognition Sunday. We're going to do that here in a little while. Uh, later in the service, but yesterday was graduation here in Wayne, and if you were like me, you went to like 50,000 graduation receptions. Shout out to Yair Alcantara. If you had the street tacos, can I get an amen? And uh, <laughs> I could have lived there. Um, but this is that time of year where we start thinking about this idea of sending our students off to college and this next phase of life. And it got me thinking, uh, my two boys are getting older. One will be a freshman next year, which blows my mind. And the other one moves into junior high. And I got to thinking about parenting and all these things. And I realized that, at least for me, parenting has really been summed up in saying the same four words over and over and over again. Either it's being said to me, I'm saying it to my children, my children are saying it to other people, but it's always been these four words. It will be okay. Right? Like for me, like when Meg came and told me she was pregnant, <laughs> over and over and over again for weeks, Megan said, Justin, it will be okay. <laughs> it will be okay. And then you have that newborn. I remember when Colby was first born, if you, your first one, like if they stubbed their toe, you think they broke their leg, right? The second one can fall off the roof, and you're like, you know, no big deal. And, uh, and so he was crying, and we didn't know what to do. Megan was crying. I was crying. And <laughs> we invited this lady from our church. We called her Mama Mary, and she came over. I remember she walked in the door, and she just looked at Megan and I, and she said, guys, it's, it'll be okay. It'll be Okay. And you tell that to your newborn and your kids when they are little, they, they skin their knee or they get hurt or even when they're in the hospital and you look at them, right? And you say, okay, it will be okay. It'll be okay. And then they get to junior high and they say it back to you, right? Like you're like, what are you doing? And they're like, ah, oh, dad, it'll be okay. <laughs> right? Why did you even think that was a good, ah, oh, dad, it'll be okay. That's all I hear now. Dad, it'll be Okay. And parents, many of you are sending your graduates off to college in the next few months, and you're worried, and you're scared, and you're wondering what life will be like when they're gone. Maybe you're a high school student, and you're moving on to college, and you're wondering, can I just tell you these four simple words? It will be okay. It'll be okay. We're going to be in John chapter 14 as we continue to look at Jesus and what he's saying to his followers and his disciples really as he's nearing the end of his life on earth. And in John chapter 14, I want to suggest to you this morning, we're going to be in verses 15 through the end of the chapter, that Jesus over and over and over again, what he's trying to do is tell his followers it will be okay. He started to communicate to them that he's going to go away and they're starting to kind of freak out. They're wondering what life will be like when Jesus no longer walks with them every day. They're wondering what life will be like when he's not there for breakfast, when he's not there when they come home. They're going to wonder what it's like. And Jesus, over and over again in this, all this text, all this series, what he's saying is different things to his disciples, trying to communicate to them, it will be okay. And we're going to start in verse 15. I'm just going to read three verses to start. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And then he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Some translations say an advocate or another counselor, and he will be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus said, I will come to you. And as Jesus begins this teaching and these moments with his disciples, I want to suggest to you this morning that all that we're going to look at today is about Jesus giving assurance. 
It's about Jesus looking at those who are closest to him and assuring them that it will be okay. This word that, that scripture translates helper or some, like I said, advocate or counselor, it's a Greek word named parakletos. And the Greek word parakletos literally means to come alongside of someone and assist. It was often, most often used in those days in legal terms of someone who would go to court with you and stand in before the, the judge or before the magistrate on your behalf. In other words, what, what a parakletos is, is someone who comes alongside of you and I and intercedes and stands before us before the throne of God. And Jesus says, I'm sending you another parakletos. In, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, this is what John said. He said, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. That's that word again. You have a parakletos with the Father. His name is Jesus, the righteous one. And Jesus says there's another one of those coming. In fact, I would tell you, I think the most important word in this text is not that word. It's not parakletos. I think it's another. Jesus looks at his followers, and they're kind of freaking out because Jesus is leaving. They feel like maybe he's abandoning them. In fact, they literally says in the text that they felt like they might be orphaned. And Jesus says, he says, I'm sending another helper, another counselor, another advocate to you. So Jesus gives them this assurance that, hey, it, it's going to be okay. And, and the first assurance that he gives, we find in verses 19 through 21 of our text this morning, Jesus assures them of his life. In verse 19, he says, yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you, you will see me because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself in him or to him. Jesus says that he will live, and because he lives, so will we, and he will make himself known to us. He's reminding his followers that eternal life is found in him and him alone. And now Jesus is telling them once again, he's reminding them once again that as long as they are in him, then he will be in them, and it will all be okay. Jesus is, is telling his disciples, his followers, and, and by proxy us this morning, that Jesus is going away, but actually his going away is what will actually be the coming of life. Jesus is trying to set the table for his followers that his going away and his dying is actually what's going to bring life for them. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus said that a thief will come and he will steal and kill and he'll destroy. But Jesus said, I've come so that you can have life and life more abundant. See, I, I wonder if the disciples, they're, they're probably thinking, you know, if Jesus goes away, our, our life as we know it is over, Right? In fact, we know this to be true because we read later on in the Gospels that once Jesus dies in that interim between Jesus' death and his resurrection, they almost all of them go back to the way things were before they ever met Jesus. They go back to the way of life they were living, the jobs that they had, all the things that they did before Jesus ever entered the picture. And I don't know about you this morning, but for me, I think it's easy to let events in our life like that make us do those things. I think it's easy to have events in our life that make us think life as we know it is over. I think it's easy to have events that, that make us sad 
or make us angry or even bitter or, or maybe even a little bit hopeless or fearful, things that, things that make us think maybe just going back to our old way of life would be easier. Maybe if I just went back before I met Jesus, then, then I wouldn't have to worry about all these things. I think it's easy to let transitions and seasons of life dictate what we think to make us want to go back to a life that really doesn't let Jesus lead. And Jesus says in this passage that he's sending another. He's sending the Holy Spirit who will help us in this. In fact, in a little bit, we're going to read in our text this morning where Jesus says the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance all the things that Jesus has said. Jesus says he's sending a helper, a Holy Spirit who will remind us, you and I, of all that Jesus has done for us. He will remind us of all that we are in Christ. He'll remind us of all the promises that Jesus has given us. And he'll remind us that this earthly life is not the life that we're really living when we're in Christ. See, once you and I surrender our lives to Jesus, we now are living in the eternal life. See, I think that's a big misconception Many times we think eternal life doesn't start till after you die, right? Well, I die, and then I go to eternal life with Jesus. That's not true. Jesus says my new life starts the moment I surrender to him. That, that's what the picture of baptism is about, that I bury this old life, and I'm raised to a new eternal life in Christ and his resurrection. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit will remind you and me that that is the life we have in Jesus. Jesus says, if you are in me, then I am in you. And church, if that's true in your life, then what Jesus is really saying is it will be okay. It'll be okay. Jesus goes on and he gives them the assurance of this spirit that will come in verse 25. This is what Jesus says, verses 25 and 26. He says, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, the parakletos, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he'll bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And it makes sense because the disciples, they're, they're worried. They're worried that this mentor, this teacher, this friend that has walked with them in these three years of incredible ministry, they're worried that, that he's going to go away, that he's leaving and everything will be different. Everything will be not okay. And Jesus says, actually, it's going to be better. Later on in the Gospel of John, Jesus tells them that his going away will actually be better for them because the Holy Spirit is coming. He says he may be leaving, but he's sending another, the Holy Spirit who will go with them. He will teach them. He will help them remember what Jesus has said. In fact, Jesus says, here's the deal. It will be better because while Jesus was walking with them, he's sending another one who will live in them. Jesus says, I'm sending a helper who will dwell in you. He will be Jesus present in us. That's a great truth this morning. What, what Jesus is saying is that you and I, if we are a follower of Jesus, we are never alone. Jesus said there may have been moments when he's walking on earth and the disciples wake up and go, where'd Jesus go? Oh, he's, he's across the lake praying. That will never happen again. He said there may be a moment where they're eating supper and they go, where did Jesus wander off to? Oh, he's teaching in there. Oh, Jesus went in for supper with these people, but we didn't get invited in. Jesus says that will never happen again because now when Jesus goes away, 
When you and I surrender our life to Jesus, Jesus dwells in us in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says, it'll be better. Jesus says, I will dwell in you and the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and teach you and correct you. Jesus reminds us in this passage that apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I, we cannot live a Christian life. You and I are incapable of living like Jesus without the Holy Spirit in us. In Romans chapter 8, Paul said, You, however, are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit, if you're a follower of Jesus. In the face, and if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Jesus does not belong to him. It is impossible to be a surrendered person to Jesus and not have the Holy Spirit in you. Do you ever feel like in your own life that like you can't live the life God's called you to live? Do you ever have those moments where like nothing seems right and like you know how you're supposed to live and who you're supposed to live for and what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to love people but you just feel completely incapable? Just me? Okay. Um, (laughs) Jesus in this passage promises us that the Holy Spirit will come and his job is to help us live the life that Jesus calls us to live. He teaches us, he, he illuminates God's word for us. He reminds us of what we already should know. He reminds us of what Jesus has already done and what Jesus has already spoken about us because we are in him. And Jesus says, because that's true, no matter how hard life is, it will be okay. It kind of reminds me of of the story about an hour after takeoff, a pilot announced to all of his passengers that his news for them was both good and bad. And there in the air, he says, hey, first, the good news is we are making great time. The bad news is I got no idea where we're at. (laughs) You know, sometimes I think that's true of us. I, I think there's times because Jesus isn't right here in the flesh, or there's times where we take our eyes off of Jesus, there's, there's to- times where our focus isn't on the destination of living for Christ anymore, that, that I think maybe that describes us sometimes. Maybe it describes you this morning. Oh, I'm making really good time, right? But I've completely lost my way. I- I've lived in that season before, like, I'm just killing it, right? Like, I'm, I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do. I'm working hard. I'm good at my, I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do. I'm super busy. I'm doing good things. I'm serving. I'm even active in the church. And then I just look and go, but somewhere along the line, my heart went this way. Like, I'm making really good time. But I got no idea where I'm at. Well, Jesus says that's one of the reasons he gives us the Holy Spirit. To remind us of who we are. And to bring us back on course. He says, if that's you this morning, he says, it will be okay. It will be okay because he lives in you and me to convict us and guide us and bring us back into the grace and mercy of Jesus. The last thing that Jesus assures his followers of is found in verses 27 through 31, the assurance of his peace. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you, He says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. 
And now I've told you before it takes place so that when it does happen, when it does take place, you will believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, but he has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Jesus is taking this moment to assuage their fears, but he's also prepping them for what's to come. Jesus is telling them that this is what's going to need to happen, and he's going away, but he's going to rise. He said there's things coming that are going to make your life seem not right. There's things coming that are going to try to steal your peace, your, your, your shalom, that, that, that word shalom, which means peace, is, is a beautiful word that meant so much to the Jewish culture in Jesus' day. It meant so much more than the absence of, of bad things. It meant more than like the absence of war or the absence of distress. Shalom, the peace that comes from God, it meant wholeness and, and completeness and health and security. And Jesus is saying there's some things that are coming that are going to make you feel like that's not going to be the case. But Jesus says, I'm giving you a peace that isn't dependent on your circumstances, so it will be okay. See, see, the world that you and I live in bases its peace on its resources. What it has or what it doesn't have or what's going on or what isn't going on. But God's peace is dependent on relationships. And Jesus says, I'm going to the Father, but I'm sending someone to live in you. And he says, your peace doesn't come from what goes on around you. It comes from who lives within you. See, see, people who don't know Jesus, they still enjoy peace once in a while, right? Like, like there's, there's all kinds of people who don't know Jesus, and you get peace, but peace only comes in the absence of trouble if you don't know Jesus. But if you're a follower of Jesus, peace comes in spite of trouble. It comes in the midst of trials because there is a presence and a power that dwells in you that gives you peace beyond all understanding. There's two verses that I kind of skipped over because I wanted to do them at the end. Verses 23 and 24, this is what Jesus says. He says, if anyone, actually in verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, said to Jesus, Lord, how is it that you're going to make yourself known to us? and not to the rest of the world. Why are you going to manifest yourself to us, but not those who aren't following you? And Jesus said, well, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him, and he will make our home within him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Jesus says in the midst of this text, apart from him, apart from the Holy Spirit, you cannot live the Christian life. It is impossible. You and I are incapable of living like Jesus without the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says the only people who get the Holy Spirit are the people who surrender to him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul said, The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And he says, We all, with an unveiled or an uncovered face, we behold the glory of the Lord, and we're being transformed, we're being changed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. And this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Earlier on, I said I thought the most important word in this passage was that word another. 
And, and in the New Testament, there's really two Greek words that are used that we translate another into English. Uh, uh, one word that's translated that way is a word al- allos, and, and the other one is heteros. Now, allos, which is what's used in our passage this morning, that means another of the same kind. That's really important here in a minute. Now, heteros, the other word that's often translated as another, that means another of a different kind. So, so the best way I could illustrate this for you, and I forgot to bring them, so just imagine in your mind. All right, I was going to go buy two apples last night, but I stayed and ate street tacos for six hours, so <laughs> let it go. All right, but it's like if I had a, a, gold, a, a golden delicious apple here, and I had that in my hand, and I said, this morning we're all going to have apples and over here, I started handing out golden delicious apples, and everybody on this side got a golden delicious apple, but then I ran out. So then I went and got a Jonathan apple, which looks different, tastes a little bit different, but it's still an apple, right? And that's what all of you got. And so what this passage is saying, and what these two words mean, is that you guys, you got a heteros apple. You got an apple of a different kind, but it's still an apple. It's still good. But what you guys got is the golden delicious. You got the allos apple. You got an apple of the same kind. Now here's why that's really important this morning as we wrap this up. Jesus tells his followers who are probably panicked at this point. He says, I am sending another of the same kind. It's not a different kind of helper. It's not a different kind of counselor. It's not a different kind of advocate. It's another paracletos of the same kind. Jesus says the Holy Spirit that will dwell in those who follow Jesus is a helper just like him. And what is that helper like? It's all the things that the disciples were worried was going away. He comes alongside of you and me. He encourages us, he exhorts us, he picks us up, he teaches us, he corrects us, he loves us, he shows mercy and grace to us. He picks us up when we fall down and he dusts us up and he gets us going again. He's sending a helper just like Jesus who constantly shows his people grace and mercy and says no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've wandered, and no matter how much you think you are apart from me, it will be okay. Because Jesus is a king who always forgives. Jesus is a king who always shows grace, and Jesus is a king who always restores. Jesus is a king who makes it all okay. And Jesus says, now he dwells in us to remind us of the king that we serve. As the band comes up to lead us this morning, one of the most popular Christian songs of all time is actually a little kid's song. Uh, If you grew up going to church, I will guarantee you sang this in Sunday school or VBS or your grandma sang it to you when she was trying to put you to sleep. It's, it's got this phrase, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. At the height of, Christian, or at the height of communism in China, uh, there was a group of people at the height of persecution that were secretly meeting and worshiping in communist China. 
And, and they couldn't communicate back and forth openly because if they were found out to be a Christian, they would be arrested and often killed. And so there was this phrase between the different small groups of Christian community in communist China where a Christian would send a message to a friend and it would, the message would get past all the censors and all the government because it would say simply this. They would send a message to let them know they were okay. And what it would say is, this, the this I know people, we're well. The this I know people, we're okay. And, and that phrase, the, the this I know people, clearly identified the Christian community in China. It meant the, the this I know people are people who are loved by Jesus this I know people, that's, that's a follower of, of Christ. Church, this, this text tells us that the Holy Spirit dwells in us and assures us that the love Jesus showed us, the love that he showed by going to the cross and dying for our sin and being raised to new life, that eternal and abundant life, Jesus maintains that love in us by his constant presence through the Holy Spirit. And that's a love of Jesus that can never be taken away. It's a love of Jesus that gives us peace in all circumstances. It's a love of Jesus that tells us it will be okay. So church, I, I don't know where you're at in your life this morning. I don't know what worry or concern or, or, or struggle that you have. I just know that if you know Jesus, it will be okay. And if you don't, you should know him right now. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, boy, would we love to tell you about him. Church, I just want to remind you one more time of a very simple truth. I want you to just know this in the depths of your heart. Yes, Jesus loves you. Yes, Jesus loves you. Yes, Jesus loves you. The Bible tells me so. Sing it with me. Yes. Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. And because that's true, church, It'll be okay. Let's stand and sing.